the suffering that we go through um, is, yeah, when we're a bit, when we're not listening, but it's also a way for us to see a way forward. Howdy, folks. Welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. Well, we're back in the saddle again. Summer's over. It's time for a new episode. Today I've got Maura Smiley, tremendous musician, wonderful singer. Uh, she, I've seen her a couple times live. I uh, got a, obviously got a chance to chat with her. She's um, used to be in L.A. Now she, she lives back east. She just moved. Uh, currently she's in Athens, Greece, putting on concerts for refugees. It's a great, uh, a great cause. And, um, boy, you know, she's just... She's just terrific. She she does this thing where she slaps her body, kind of like Bobby McFerrin. She, I mean, she can stand up there by herself with her two hands and body and her voice and captivate a, an audience of a couple thousand people. So it's uh, it's really something to see. I hope you go to uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your music. Check her out. And uh, you know what? We have kids, too. And a lot of her music's great for kids, for, for those of you who have kids out there listening. It's a good place to start. Anyway, I hope you all had a great summer. I did. Uh, I took my son camping for the first time. He's four and a half, just the two of us with some friends, and um, it was a great success. You know, in the past, we used to go uh, to Europe, and and you know what? I, I Of course, I love traveling overseas, but there's something about camping with my boy that was pretty great. I don't know if you can hear my little girl in the background, too. Things are pretty good. Anyway, hope you're well, too. Thanks for joining me again. And here's Mora, star basically. Yeah. And and I was watching it, and I th I thought <coughs> this guy looks amazing. He he's got to be like ninety years old or something. I mean, he looked amazing. Yeah. And um, I got home from watching the movie, and I called up my one of my very good friends, Marty Schaefer, and I said, "Dude, you, I just saw this Star Wars. It's great. It's amazing. It's great." And what's his name? Whatever the actor's name is, I said he he looks just like you did in 1977. I couldn't uh -huh. believe it. And there was this pause on the phone. And my friend Marty said, yeah. He said, no, he, he died in 1994. Oh, my god! And it was the first time where I actually thought, oh, okay, we're, this is a new This is a new era. era. <laughs> I, I honestly, and I'm, I'm not, I'm no dummy. Like, I, I honestly was fooled by it. I thought yeah. it was him. Yeah. And, uh, and then so you start thinking, well, they could do that with a president. Totally. They could do it with a leader of industry or anybody. Oh, yeah, anybody. And you can put words into somebody's mouth. And yeah. Nobody will know. I mean, and there's not like we kept, we said, how could we avoid this sort of, you know, when it comes to, this, to the courts of law, this could be a very serious thing. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I was blown away. Yeah, it really is, does give you pause, my Lord. Um, oh, so you just came from Singh. Thing. What's it called? Big thing. The big thing. The big thing. Yeah. Tell me about it. It was this experiment to bring people, to, the public, together to sing. I heard with, it was the first it was first, the first time. time. They did it. Yeah, and it was um, it it coincided with Chorus America, so that was yeah. good. But it wasn't it wasn't put on by Chorus America, right? No, it was put on by the Master Crawl. Oh, it was. Yeah, and so they've been doing big things for I think. 
I know I did one in October. I think that might have been the first one, but that was inside Disney Hall. Mm -hmm. This was the first oh. one outside. Was that the one, you know, th that's so funny. I think my son and my little girl, it was, it was free? It was free. Yeah. yeah, it was a whole arts day in yes. downtown LA, and they all of the arts institutions opened up their doors, and they had activities. And yes. Master Crowell had me come in and lead some some singing. My wife and two kids participated. In that, oh, they did, and cool. they loved it. Oh, good. My son, yeah. he's four and a half now, so he would have been four. He went bananas for <laughs> it, and I mean, we had been listening to your music before that, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, they, you know, we did, I forget exactly, we, we did Bring Me Little Water, Sylvie, and we did. Yes, um, I still love that. I yeah. love, I mean, not still, I mean, it's a, I know, I'll it's, always love that, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a great, great song. Yeah, I was yeah. rehearsing here at the opera, and they happened to be across the street. It was oh, one really? of those lovely days. Yeah, that your that, family yeah, was that there, you, and. Yeah, had a big impact on Oh, well, good. Yeah. Yeah, may the, may the little ones feel comfortable, you know, singing, yeah. singing wherever they are, and, and moving. Yeah, he loved it. Okay, yeah. let's start with your name. I'm Maura Smiley. Not Moira Smiley. No, I say Maura Smiley. Why yeah. is that? Um, it's mostly my parents doing that they liked how M-O-I-R-A looked with S-M-I-L-E-Y. Uh -huh. And I actually asked my mother the other day, why did you do this to me? Because she called me Maura, but she but she wrote it Moira. So, so What'd I, she, say? she said, uh, I just liked the way Mora sounded. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You need to tell her she needs a better story. I know <laughs> we need to work on this. The, Nothing ruins yeah. a great story faster than the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, ever, ever since I've been explaining that, uh, it's Mora. Although if, if you say Moira in it with a certain softness and, and, tenderness then i'm gonna answer to that too you know it's really fine sure it's sure. yeah it's if you want if you're ye gonna yell my name i would prefer to be you know yelled mora and yeah. not moira sure but um yeah i'm i'm open and I'm, are you a west coaster i'm originally from vermont oh you are yep and i'm uh I moved slowly west. I went to school at iu in mm -hmm. indiana sure and then i moved to san francisco and then i moved to l.a Tell me about that. Why, why San Francisco first? It was this, mm. was it, were there some particular opportunities, or there did was. it just speak to your sensibilities? Uh, both. But I was coming out to sing with a with a band or a, a singing group called Kitka, mm -hmm. and they are an eight woman group that does all Slavic music, and they are so good. They're going still, and uh, I loved singing with them for two years um why, why slavic music what what what's your what's the appeal to you slavic music is has been a part of my life since i was 10 or 11 uh because a couple of teachers that i had a, a, yeah a couple of them that were singers brought those songs to me and and gave me that sense of their love for it, for mm -hmm. these uh, very powerful harmony singing styles you know mm -hmm. very dissonant but rhythmic mm -hmm. ways of singing together and I fell in love when I was 10 and uh, since then I've been studying it um, collecting songs sure. finding out whatever I can find out mostly from the countries of Bulgaria Macedonia Serbia Croatia went to Ukraine also mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. I've got, it's funny, I've got a friend uh, who composes film music. His name is John Powell. And okay. uh, he did uh, like How to Train Your Dragon and those oh, kinds yeah. of things. He also is crazy about, I and mean, I was just at his is house he? a couple of days ago and he was talking about getting together a Bulgarian choir. No kidding. And composing music for them. <gasps> Oh, I would love to so be part of that. So it's yeah. so coincidental. I can't believe it. I've sung on a couple. There have been a few movies in my past that have, you know, asked for that, both uh, for like BBC um, television and BBC Four, mm -hmm. and also uh, Troy, the movie Troy sure. had some of that singing. Um, what else? Um, it's powerful. It's just yeah. sort of, it's got a, it's got a very distinctive fingerprint, you know, and. The Georgians too. And the, Georgians yeah, too. Yeah, the yeah. style of singing is similar. Yes, and very ancient. Yeah. 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 Um, so at 10. <laughs> yeah. At 10, you fell in love with Bulgarian choral music. <laughs> uh, so I take it you grew up in a musical family. Yeah, pretty musical. No, nobody was professional. No? No, but everybody loved it and we all. You know, we were encouraged. Were your lot. parents of the generation that everybody plays an instrument and reads music and grows yeah. up doing that? Yeah, we all took lessons and mm -hmm. they were, my father was a banjo player. My mother was has a beautiful alto voice and hmm. my father's a tenor. And there was always singing. There was always classical music in the house and jazz. My mother loved jazz. Mm -hmm. My father loved folk music, really old folk music, you yeah. know, and he had yeah. all these Smithsonian folkways records and I would just pour over them, you know, they were all in a big chest and I would just spend hours yeah, with them. Yeah, who are your favorites? Mm, I mean... You're talking about like Arlo Guthrie and that? that yeah, Arlo Guthrie sure. was there, but even the those that influenced, you know, the non-professional musicians, the the miners and the farmers who were making music and were incredible musicians who sure. then inspired those performers like, you know, the Seegers and Woody Guthrie and Woody Guthrie is a little bit of a, of a world apart, but you know, Bob Dylan and that whole sort of folk revival. Oh, I said was, Arlo Guthrie, Woody Guthrie. And Woody Guthrie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Arlo and. Yeah. And what, but, what was the, the, the two, the family, the sisters and, the famous folk family. Um, oh, what years? The uh, June really, Carter yes, Cash yes. and the Carter family. The Carter family. Yep. I, I love their music too. Yeah, it's it's wild stuff. I mean, it's um, it's it's its own belief system. It's uh, it's a way of yeah. Why playing do we love that music? Why do we love that music? What is it about folk I, music? Yeah, I I think everyone probably has their own reason. I mean, there is the some of the basic things are that it's the communal. Right. It says, uh, "I am. I am not just an observer. I'm a participant in making mm -hmm. art. I think that's important. And not alone in doing it. We and do not it alone. together. Yep, exactly. And you don't have to be, you know, very trained. And there's not um, a sheen or a a, um, a polish on it that mm -hmm. feels makes it feel unattainable. Right, or, or very rarefied. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I really love about your music and the way that you perform. It it kind of reminds me of." Um, Bobby McFerrin a little mm, bit. Well, not, thank you. not the style of music so much. There are some similarities, but the way that you engage the audience. Yeah. The way that you get people who don't think they can do it. Yeah. Don't see themselves as musicians. Yeah. To actually make music they in can. this big communal environment. Yeah. Uh, it's really special. Thank you. And I and not, you know, I'm on the shoulders of some some people that I admire so much. And I, I myself have my feet in in a couple different musical worlds like I just to say that I I feel like I come into folk music sometimes 
um, not knowing the subtlety of what makes it great. And, and I'm a constantly a student of it, you mm-hmm. know? And I think uh, there, are, there are people around me and, and my friends who are making their lives uh, about studying old songs and what makes them incredible, you know? Just, you know, that level where we go a little bit deeper than, oh, I love that style. And when you get a little obsessed about something, there are friends of mine that that really live their lives around the why and the, and how, you know, what mm-hmm. is the soul of why we love, you know, the Carter family or why a banjo player that is a farmer um, is the best ba- the best musician you've ever heard, or right. you know, and there are uh, collectors of songs that have allowed that, you know, those people to be in our own lives. You know, people that go to the porches and the prisons and the corn shuckings and the churches to record this stuff. The, the bar talks of our country. Yeah, the bar talks of our country. Alan Lomax being hmm. maybe the most famous. Um, of of those, you know, mm-hmm. many many people were sent out, and our government actually supported it at the time, you know, to the good old days. Yeah, to send folklorists. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Alan Lomax and Bela Bartok, of course, is sure. a hero of mine. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so again, you went, you moved to San Francisco to sing Bulgarian music. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which did I you, did. I mean, was that a professional? It was a professional ensemble. Yeah, I made my living doing that for two years. Wow! And uh, and they were touring a lot, and and then at the same time, I was sort of always brewing in my mind uh, another band. I'd I'd started a band that was a vocal band in college, and mm-hmm. we we'd done while well, we were performing. We were represented by. A nice agency and and you know doing performing arts centers, but that band parted ways, and that's what my impetus was to move west. What were the circumstances of the? Was it scheduling? Was it conflict? It was, it was some conflict. It was that we were really young when we started, and it was just fun, and mm-hmm. and we I think had some different ideas about what the next steps were, and there mm-hmm. was pressure from... Business pressure. Business pressure sure. from, you know, we were in negotiations with a, a large record label, and um, suddenly what we were doing seemed like it was going to be serious and permanent, and we had to make decisions about, you know, what we wanted. Yeah, so. how do you how do you navigate the intersection between uh, art and commerce? What how do, mm. how do you do that personally? Is that I think it's a, such a good. I feel like people need to speak about it frankly more. You know, I mean, do you feel like you compromise? Do you feel like you yes. you hold out uh, for the right thing or a little of both? How does little it go both. for you? I think that you know, as you as you are in this, if you're a lifelong, you know, musician, you encounter you know your roadblocks at you know for different reasons and i guess personally for me i've i've always been willing to do more of the business stuff like wor- working hard on on you know keeping a mailing list and, and promotion. Mm-hmm. promotion stuff and and doing the bookkeeping and making sure you know asking for enough to cover everybody that's in the band and that kind of stuff I've been willing to do, but I feel like that has sacrificed or compromised my own output sometimes, you know. As far as the composition goes or the speed by which you create? Both of those things, yeah. Mm. Or maybe, 
my own enjoyment of, you know, because you're sort of always um, thinking about the details. But again, it's mm -hmm. that I feel is important. And I, I actually don't feel like we tell our young musicians that that's the reality enough, you know? That yeah, I mean, I, I know that one of, one of the reasons that I do this podcast is because I felt so shocked coming out of school, not to disparage any of the institutions that I attended, because so I have lots of gratitude for what they taught me, but I was, um, I would say, almost wholly unprepared for the professional world of yeah. being a classical musician or any musician, yeah. I would imagine. At least in in other genres, there seems to be more of a, a roadmap. Yeah, there's a DIY right. personality built in. Right. And, um, yeah, and a, and a sort of, yeah, a set of venues that mm -hmm. you can do without you know with by yourself and and with a couple people and i feel mm -hmm. like in in classical music you have to there are more gatekeepers mm -hmm. there's more um this is there are more people saying this is how this is done the and, and yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the tradition, yeah. traditionalists yeah and i think you have to as a classical musician um play both you know think of yourself as a as an innovator and an entrepreneur and an, and an interpreter. Um, but also you do have to follow other people's rules and work for them. And I would say that actually applies to all music too. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be employed and you have to make employment for yourself. And mm -hmm. I, I think um, maybe that's more true in the last 20 years than it was 20 years ago. Um, sure. Maybe the, in some of the classical institutions were a bit more powerful could employ more of us. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I've always been a bit of a of a renegade as far as, you know, I have relationships with, um, you know, an in, in institution mm -hmm. of music, but I'm often outside of it and cutting a path that, you know, frankly, only a few people would be interested in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, what's your advice for people in school or coming out of school as far as the business side goes that you can do yourself? Do you have do you have like one thing that you always think about? Mm, that's a great question. I do think that as far as promotion or promotion is important, um, and I think you do have to. Well, for me, it's always that humbling yourself to the moment um, because you are doing music. You are you are intersecting with people at their most joyous, your listeners, you know, it's a it's a complete honor mm -hmm. to be in that place. Think about all the jobs where people are intersecting with others at their worst, you know, or at their most stressed or at their, so we're, we're often intersecting with people um, in their best moment. And I think um, gratitude and um, the understanding that things change constantly is is going to be your best friend like just that understanding that change is is always going to happen and uh flexibility is important mm -hmm. um but at the same time you got to balance that with uh sticking to your guns about you know doing what you do uh trusting that how you sound is okay you know it's it's oh it's right it's the thing you must do the thing you must bring and i I also think, and this is maybe something I wouldn't have known to say 10 years ago, is that you keep on choosing mentors. Um, and that 
that's artistic mentors and also business mentors and keep on and they could be your friend you know but keep on having people in your life who elevate you who are better than you are <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah i think that that's um and ask questions yeah. of them yeah and try to be that for other people just realize that that's those are the relationships that are the most powerful you know mm -hmm. have you ever gone through periods where uh oh gosh Another reason I started this podcast, frankly, is that I felt like I'd kind of plateaued. I, I'm the type of person that gets restless. Yeah. I don't like doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Uh, I used to have regular jobs, and I haven't worked a regular job in 20 years. I don't think I could do it again. That's amazing. Um, have you ever come to a, a point in your career where I, where you think, you know, I should I should go study accounting? Yeah. I mean, does that happen to you? Um, Has in that a, happened in to you? In a certain way, it does. Uh -huh. There, and those are always times. And I'm starting to recognize now. Those are always times when I'm about to go to the next level on something. With the anxiety. Or I'm, yeah, I'm the gonna. Transition. It's a transition, or I'm just really, yeah, I'm tired, and the change is gonna come. It mm -hmm. just has to. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember. I think it was probably maybe six, seven years ago, for instance, and I said to my friends, I'm so tired. I'm tired of promoting this. I feel like the music that I'm making when I'm making it is is not as good as I the music in my heart and um and I think I need to stop, you know, I need to think of another way. And then and then things just shifted, you know? And Isn't that funny. Yeah. Yeah. You do make little changes and you and then you open yourself up to different people and different experiences and then your life changes and yeah. that's good and I don't think I could have willed that moment into existence and I had to go through the suffering of feeling at odds with my present moment in order to get there so I, yeah I think that really is what they talk about when they say the artists struggle yeah I don't know that it's I can't pay the rent or I don't have a family or uh, that's part of it but for me it's when create creatively I, I feel stagnant yeah and yeah, exactly. you know it, you don't want to change it, but you have to change it. You yeah. want to change it, but you don't want to change it. it yeah. And, and it's that moment where the rubber meets the road. It's true. Yeah. And we always are asking, am I meant to be doing this? Like, do I deserve to be doing this? And Am I good and, enough to Am do I this? good enough yeah. to do this? Yeah. yeah. Because in a way we are, actually, Sean Kirshner was just saying, I'm only just smart enough to barely do what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And you're always reaching for the next thing. And... I feel so passionately about that, that that is what being an artist is about. It's being insecure at all times, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of you, you have you have your eyes out thinking, uh, you know, open thinking, mm -hmm. wow, there is I'm at this place. I'm looking around and there are people doing way better work than I am. And um, I want I'm aspiring, you know. Yeah. And, and you know they all feel the same way. Well, I guess we all feel the same. Yeah, way. we do feel the same way. And I, and I encourage those that are amateur musicians to also think of themselves as as students and not as failing. We're not failing. I guess that's You're important to say. You're not a failed pro. You're not a failed yeah. pro. Mm -hmm. You're a student of this thing that you love. And I feel like that's what professionals at the heart of it. We need to keep that in mind too. Mm -hmm. So it's not the the constant change and the the comparing mind aren't about you know a dead end of failure mm -hmm. it's about constantly you know opening expanding yeah and i find that when i'm feeling uh 
when I when I was a student, I actually did feel that way, and I developed a couple of really destructive patterns. I had uh, anxiety. Yeah. I went through a period of not being able to sing well. Right. Which was very difficult. Because it was physically hard yes. for you. Yeah, my throat would close up. Yep. And as a tenor, like, you can't really yeah. have that happen. No. Uh, and the other was superstitions. Yeah. About oh, what you eat, when you eat, what you do, and what order. Yes. Do you have any of that? I, I've been around that. And I have superstitions, not as much strangely, because I'm kind of interested in that. But I think wait, singers... Wait, say more about that. Hold on. Well, what I do mean, you mean? Superstitions, I feel like, are almost like you know, this play between our intuition and our hunches and, you know, and old wives' You think it's a subconscious trying to break free or what? I, well, that's a great, that's a great way of putting it. I think all dissonance in our lives, you know, is, is about something realizing sure it, there's a change that needs to happen. Yeah, what you hate in other people, you hate in yourself, right, really, obviously. exactly, yeah. So, but I think superstition is just... Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a way of trying to feel the world, but we have to be very careful of it because it can, you know, turn. suddenly it turn yeah, it turns you into uh, it makes you not actually be receptive to what's going on. It right. just gives you this idea that you hold on to like this is going to happen because right. this and it doesn't work like that. Life isn't so pat. Um but uh, you were saying mental, you know, anxiety that that stops your body from singing. I had that in spades. I had, um, I got very sick in my late 20s and I had been sort of driving forward, having this band start, which to be honest was, it was a, it was a very strong vision for me, but it wasn't one that, that I could, that I could sell very well. I was, I was managing, but it was like push, push, push. I was just pushing a lot. Mm -hmm. You weren't in the, you didn't feel like you were in the groove. Yeah, there you were going the against groove. the grain. Yeah, yeah, a little I've bit. I've been there, yeah. Yeah, and so my body was so tired, you know, and I got very sick, and I, I, you know, there's, when you look back on something, you can kind of put a story on it, you know, as you know. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I didn't trust myself. Um, I'd sort of separated my my will and my mind. I said my the willfulness from the wants and needs of my body, or and maybe mm -hmm, maybe my heart. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I got very sick. Yeah. And I I still am. I still have. I got Crohn's disease or colitis. So mm -hmm. that's a a thing where you know you can get really really sick mm -hmm. and. Um, and that happened and kind of stopped me in my tracks for a while. And I, there was, I'm the kind of person that I needed that kind of deadly, you know, body thing to happen to have me stop because I was so willful mm -hmm. and driven that I wasn't going to stop until I killed myself, mm -hmm. you know. So I think sometimes um, the suffering that we go through um, is, yeah, when we're a bit, when we're not listening, but it's also a way for us to see f a way forward. And uh, and I had mm -hmm. a very wise musician say to me, "Yeah, you're sick all the time because you're learning how to be better. You're learning how to be better." And I thought, "Wow, that's incredible. You're sick not because oh, it's just what you shouldn't be doing or something." Yeah, yeah. it's just you're learning how to get better, and you won't be sick as much. You know. How much time did you need to take off? Mm, I probably for a year. 
You didn't perform had, for a year? Well, I was probably, pre- I was performing some of those times, but I was, it was, you know, very painful and, and not sure whether I would be able to do those gigs. And, and, um, and there was a, there was about four months where I couldn't see very much cause I couldn't drive because there was a, you, you can get, um, other symptoms from an autoimmune disease that, that makes you, um, you know, ha- you. Yeah, yeah, debilitates you. Have wow. joint problems or eye problems. So, wow. Yeah. And I, then getting back in the saddle, was that difficult? Or, or were you well was. enough to think, be excited about it? Or was there some anxiety involved? I think what happens is that you, for me, it was then learning to listen to my body, learning to listen to my heart. Um, and that took a long time for me to get. And suddenly I started noticing people that, seemed to be doing that mm-hmm. you know rather than and and you know slowly you start to gather a you you build a life where people allow you to be more in touch with your heart mm-hmm. and that kind of thing it, and it, it's gradual so and there were I think illusions that I had to let go of and that it was hard for me to do that you know illusions in the way you saw yourself? Yeah, the- I think so. Yeah, I think um, I think the main lesson for me, which I sort of said earlier, was that, and, and this happened through meditation in the biggest way, it's just that when you're an introvert and you build wor- worlds, you build sort of visions and and you're an absolute perfectionist and you can get so stuck in that world rather than actually living in interaction with the one you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just a a walking time bomb because I was, you know, I was living and I was constantly disappointed by my inability to, you know, attain. What you think you should have attained by that point. Exactly. I still go through that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, It's funny that meditation has also helped me with that. Excellent. Did yeah. Did you find that you were in the groove after that point? Yes. And you was, have been ever since? Yeah. You feel? Actually, and I feel like actually right now I would say I'm at a plateau moment in terms of what I know I can do and so artistically I artistically or artistic, artistically I oh, would say. Uh-huh. And I would love to do a, a meditation retreat again mm-hmm. or something that really quiets me down and and gets me to connect again with you know we keep on saying the heart it's sort of hard to describe mm-hmm. but it stops you from the spinning around mm-hmm. that you do all the time yeah the zone yeah it yeah. gets you into the zone mm-hmm. i guess i mean and as cliche as that sounds it yeah does apply it does i mean and when musicians talk about being in the zone they talk about being a channel yeah, right letting and go being, letting go exactly and so i think it's so much you know and i've chuckled over the years realizing that i am such an introvert and that i need i do need alone time and i need time to reconnect you know um because i get very affected by other people which i love mm-hmm. um and it's not like i don't love people mm-hmm. it's it's just Literally, that I build when I when I'm around, you know, people. I I tend to be building visions 
with them on them and um if i'm if i'm too much in that space i don't actually relax into the moment mm-hmm. and let them feed me you know energetically and all this very california kind of talk but it's it's well, uh it's just about yeah i guess it's the cliche of being in the moment yeah uh or being calm or uh, letting suffering happen because the opposite of it is coming and That's right. that kind of thing uh, did have you been meditating ever since that episode? Is that I what's have, sparked it? it? It has continued, but uh, much less. It tapered off. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. It's a commitment. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> but I always feel so much better. But it, better when you do it. And it, exercise is also a meditation and yeah. things like that are good. Well, the thing is, yeah. is I never feel bad about driving home from the gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just getting there. It's, it's getting murder. here. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like uh, in any discipline... But maybe especially the arts, um, if you think of yourself as a conduit, mm-hmm. then you, you know, damn well better take care of yourself, That's you right. know, but not in a, not in a sort of worried way. Like you were talking about that yeah. sort of anxious way that yeah. we get taught as young people, but in a, in a sort of uh, calm uh, I almost ex- feel like we're obliged to, to be honest, yeah. that we're given a gift. I, and to I not share it is more of a crime yeah. than suffering here and there. For yeah, them. I agree. Yeah. And uh, the body is very wise as yeah. far as telling you um, what's working, you know, with your fellow human beings. Yeah. You know, and I call it, I call this, I like to to call myself and others, you know, and remind us that we're animals, you know, that we, that we have... Um, these relationships with each other that are beyond our words, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's so much. Now, you mentioned that you feel like you're plateauing artistically. And I've, I've seen this latest concert at uh, LA Master Carl twice now, last on Saturday yeah. and then two nights ago. And your piece that deals so poignantly with time and the concept of time and the way that we uh, see time passing and how individual that is for each of us is I found that piece to be uh, interesting and, and, uh, complicated mm-hmm. um, is that piece part of uh, the escape velocity that you're building to go to the next I think it phase is phase artistically I love that you put it that way the escape velocity I would because say because it's different from what you normally do in it my is opinion. yeah it is it uh, or at least frankly, what you're known for you it know? is yeah. it's true if it was partly that space that Luke's Eterna creates um the the grandness of it that I was inspired to 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 expand the ideas that you know exist all the ideas in that piece could exist in a in a two minute song or um, but the idea of of thinking on a grander scale but keeping the intimacy in the phrases is what it was that was my task. Well, having a one and a half year old and a four and a half year old, I've got to say that it, I've always been fascinated by the passage of time. I lost my grandfather when I was 14, who was uh, really everything to me at the time. Hmm. And I've always been very conscious of time. Yeah. And my white beard now. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, there's a poem that I love called My Son, My Executioner, which is a beautiful, beautiful poem yeah. about that, where as your son right. grows, you, as he, as he grows, you shrink. You shrink. Yeah. Um, it's true. And it yeah. really touched me. Yeah. It actually, it, I cried through most of it. It, it was so touching to I me. I think as a parent, 
you it resonates it for resonates sure. and and i and i'll say a very personal thing which is and i actually was just talking with gila about this mm-hmm. that I'm so glad I, you got to talk to her. I am so she's glad one of my too. Favorite people. Yeah, I just had dinner with her last night. She's really yeah, and I could I could tell I I could just yeah, go to this spir- place spirits, right yeah, away for sure. And she, I was telling her that I made a change in my life because I realized I didn't want to have kids mm-hmm. and. Even though I'm quite a mothering type, and it comes through your music, yeah, and I love sure. I love children, and I love the playfulness, and I love I just feel like the soul journey as a human being is is deepened when you have a child. It's not about you anymore. It's but I I feel like I came to a place where I acknowledged that, like I see that, and I. I knew that my work um, was about perhaps capturing that artistically, that, you know, trying to capture that soul journey and that sense of time and that sense of being outside of yourself in my art. And I think that piece, Time in Our Voices, um, was a big part of that, like deciding not to be a mom. Was that just a recent decision? It was pretty recent, yeah. Do Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I was... Um, in a partnership that was, you know, the love of my life and mm-hmm. very uh, just gorgeous. And we were here in Los Angeles and um, it, it became clear that he was really wanting to have children and, and I was realizing that I didn't. And I, it was, it was a few years for us of figuring this out, you know, painfully. Um, and so we actually parted on, you know, very good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really wanted him to be a dad, and I realized that I couldn't be that, be the mom. Wow. You know, and um, so after that, I kind of picked up and left and went on tour for a couple of years. I just um, that got, was your got way of dealing of, with it. Yeah. yeah, got rid of my belongings and just just took jobs with with ensembles that I love you know including an indie rock ensemble called tune yards and folk projects like solace this irish band mm-hmm. and um the, a, a project called the lomax project which is after mm-hmm. alan lomax so kind of filled my life with and commissions with with work and um and it fe- never felt sad to me you know it always felt like this was the right thing, but well, I'll tell oh. you though, your piece has so much melancholy in it. Mm, yeah, I so think are you that's, sure that's true? Yeah, I think that that's part of my art making. I just, yeah, I, I really do feel like that. It's so poignant. I, I'm drawn to the edge of ecstasy. You know, that ecstatic expression of of like, wow, I'm here, and wow, this hurts to be here, you know, just to exist. It There's so much um, that is in unjust, you know, the the the, un- the injustice of the world just mm-hmm. kills you every day. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's a technicolor dream to be living, you know, and and I live a very lucky life. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like music to me, I've always been drawn to those that make music with that sense of of you know maybe not feeling like you're in the right place or mm-hmm. you are enough or all of that sense of 
loss, you know. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, was it was that piece that I heard composed after this breakup? Mm, it was, Was yeah. that in some way, uh, were you exercising those feelings? I would say feelings, may- uh, maybe on an, Through that piece a mm, little bit? Yeah, I'd say t- Time in Our Voices was a positive... It felt good to write. I didn't, I sometimes when I write something, weep during the process. And this wasn't one of those times. But the text was, I was thinking about my my ex, mm-hmm. you know, and and honoring he was becoming a dad at the time. And, um, and just honoring that, you know, I say the lungs of babes call out, here mm-hmm. I am now. Um and honoring the the way that we, you know, use our voices to explore and, and be in wonder mm-hmm. with the world. And, yeah, so I'd say it was in there, that decision. Sure. That, mm. Are you okay being alone? I am. I'm, I don't mean to be say alone, but outside of a romantic relationship. I So I, I have a partner now. You do? I do. But, uh, and we've both decided that that not having kids yeah, is okay. okay and and um and it's wonderful it, it is really wonderful i do feel that we'll be auntie and uncle you know more mm-hmm. and and it gives me is a, he a musician yeah well? he's a musician uh-huh. also I see. and we make music together but also separately and i think what it draws me to do is it it pulls me towards doing things like going and teaching music in a refugee camp to a bunch of kids, you know, and going down to South Central LA and working with the a place called home and just doing things like that that bring me in contact with kids, especially kids that don't have much and and trying to give them some of my energy, you know, that's, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think... Um, if I'm not putting my energy into a being that I've brought into the world, I think I want to put my energy towards, you know, little beings that don't get enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done a lot of uh, opera outreach. I, I sang for Cincinnati Opera for about a year, and we must have performed for a hundred thousand kids in, during the course of the year. Yeah. And I know that it made an it impact. It changes things. Yeah. It's a. It's a. Uh, tell me more about meditation again. So, mm. did you? How did you find find that? How did you find it? Yeah, a friend of mine uh, who is a songwriter was going to something called a Vipassana retreat, and it was sounded awful. It was ten I, days. I know, right off the bat, you're deciding to d- yeah. do this. It was clam up so, for ten days. Yeah, it was oh so intense. Yeah, have you done it? No, but I've read Dan Brown's book, and it sounds like <laughs> oh, goddamn <right>. torture. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, the not talking for ten days is fine for this introvert, but uh, the other stuff of sitting still that was scary and it proved to be really hard but yeah, so, you notice all the little pains and the oh, creaks you and the, uh, you can't do anything about it yeah it's true and you're you're still and um so yeah it was through him and and i you know found a time actually i see you're wearing a ted uh lanyard right now yeah. and um i did a ted talk um i know too now i'm so pleased oh it's incredible yeah. it's incredible yeah. that what this you is know, from uh, eric whitaker when he did his oh okay. was his date. oh wow yeah very amazing <laughs> tell me about your ted talk was it 
It was so. It was actually at Caltech here. Mm-hmm. I did a. I did the Big TED conference a couple of years before that in Long Beach and sang some crazy music via Thomas Dolby. But that was a. That was more of a, just a musical thing. Sure. And then at Caltech, um, I did the. It was all about the brain, and I was talking about the three stages of the brain or the three sections of the brain. The the limbic brain and the they call the mammal brain and then the, the neocortex yeah the lizard uh-huh. brain right. is the, the deep little the one. little uh-huh. one and just made a set of music and you know kind of a set of adjectives to inspire imagination about each one each section and yeah. and and making a set of music that seemed to follow that you know the path of our development. Oh, it was awesome. fun. Can it you was find that? Fun. Is it on the TED channel? It, yeah, oh, it is. I want to see that. Yeah, it's fun. But right after that, I was, um, you know, I'd kind of, I'd, I'd, I was in that state of a little burnout. And so I drove out to Joshua Tree and, you know, you, you go in and you hand in all your belongings and you just you submit yourself to this experience of 10 days of silence and sitting stock still and it was really painful at first you right. know and and literally the pain um and just sitting through the pain teaches you that oh pain doesn't last forever and if i obsess about it then i'm going to be you know i'm experiencing it way more than i need to mm-hmm. if you don't focus on it mm-hmm. it passes yeah and that just that alone like the physical actually experiencing it on a physical level i could have intellectualized about it to you for mm-hmm. hours but having experienced it on the physical level yes. i finally got it and um and then i I'd, I'd say that one experience of sitting in pain and finding, you know, with my concentration that I could get through it mm-hmm. has been the single most flow-creating thing in my life since, you know. Well, I can so. tell you in many ways you have experienced parenthood. Okay, interesting. Uh, and your composition may be reflective of the fact that you've gone through this meditative ex- meditation experience. Yeah. Because being a new parent is like Navy SEAL training. I bet. <laughs> it's the same thing. You, you're sleep deprived for three months straight. You yeah. sleep, you know, four hours a night for yeah. three months and you still have to function. Yeah. And at the end of that, you think, okay, just about, I, I can't really imagine anything that would actually kill me yeah. at this point. Right. And it's the same. It's that same presence same thing. of mind. I you can know. get through this. Yeah. It's a phase. It. Yeah. So consequently, my second child, I enjoy much more yeah because i know that it won't kill me the right. first time i wasn't sure You're i thought sure. any day i was going to drop that <laughs> i compl- i hear that yeah <laughs> and it's the same kind of experience yeah and you have to experience it yeah and i guess that's i mean that's partly i guess what i see as the soul journey that it's mm-hmm. that it's you figuring out that and it cannot be an intellectual thing it has yeah. to be f- experiential experiential yeah so i totally agree which i feel like is what I want to give people in in the act of singing and making music and letting improvisation happen and that kind of thing that we that we constantly um, allow our bodies to be part of the vision. Yeah, yeah, and the process and the process the, of actually making something. Yeah. So, Maura, what do you have coming up? What's what's next for you? Um, let's see. I. 
I have one more thing here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm leaving soon. I I get to sing in a garden, the Descanso Gardens. Oh, have you been um, out there? I have once. So pretty. It's beautiful, yeah. and and we'll be outdoors, and it'll be a, just a sweet little. Is it a public? It's a public show. When and is that? It's on Tuesday, the twenty sixth of Jul of June. Uh -huh. and is that the right? Yeah, twenty sixth, and it's with my band Voco. Oh, nice! And which is a trio with April Guthrie, cellist, and Pilar Diaz um, plays ukulele, and we all sing and we'll do folk songs. It'll be you know family friendly, and it'll be sweet. Oh, that's marvelous! Now you live in New York now. I actually have it? just bought a house in Vermont. In Vermont, yeah, You're because back I'm back. Yeah, by my mom and my little sister moved back, and my little brother is there, and they're all kind of in food and politics and so I'm bringing the music back into the fold um, and do you miss LA I do yeah I do miss it I I kind of wish that I I don't think I'm gone from here you know like this has been looking home at for... you you're definitely not from Vermont <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm you very, should, you're yeah, right here I'm right I'm very I'm California ga gal now uh, yeah it's true so that you know I just moved into that house about a month ago. Oh. Almost exactly. Wow. And so um, that house, I feel like, is my way of rooting myself. And um, and it allows me to travel, actually, because I have my things there. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually family have nearby. Somebody, family nearby mm -hmm. and somebody to take care of it. And so that's um, that's kind of a new thing. It's been, it's been good. But very new. I kind of almost don't quite understand how right. it's going to play out. Well, you're going to have to be home for more than a week to I get used to so. it, I guess. Oh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> which I'm not sure if I can do. I don't I don't really have any weeks off um more than a more than 12 days off um kind of from here until uh, summer of 2018, but that's kind of the How way. How do you manage a relationship with a, that schedule? Well, do you guys do. meet up in between? We do, yeah, and we travel together oh, sometimes that's too. Nice. Yep, which is good. Yeah, that's the key. Um, so yeah, for the summer, you know, we t because I do folk music, there are festivals, and so I'll sure. go do those. There, are some lovely festivals in Canada that, um, you know, do some of those, and I will go. Um, I'm trying to think. I have a commission due. Um, actually, you know, yesterday a coral, uh, <laughs> a coral, work? A coral commission, but with some instrumental uh, aspects going? too. It's good, but it's it <laughs> needs to be done. <laughs> I talked um, to a lot of composers, and they've all been in those shoes. Yeah, yeah, just where it's like it feels like slow, and yeah, I'm I'm in the moment where it, there's everything's laid out. It's just all the details, sort yeah. of. Um, Is anything ever done for you? Do you let things go? Oh, that's a great question. Are you always? I feel What's like that process yes. Like? I feel like I do let things go um, now. Um, as a as a folk musician, you're always there's the complete permission to change something and little details about something at at all times, change arrangements. Um, so I feel like that's the way I look at things. But I also let like something like the commission that was at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. I yeah. let that go. Because do. I do because, because of the classical paradigm and the way things maybe are supposed that's so. to go. Yeah, once you release it. Yeah, and I think you know if I was if it was to be done again, there might be some suggestions. <laughs> 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 but you know, but only just like more in you know feel and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think the notes are done. Okay. Yeah, so it happens. Mora, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you for I having sure appreciate me, Omar. It. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Well, there you have it, folks, the talented and lovely Maura Smiley. 
Thanks, Maura, for being so uh, candid. I love having deep conversations with, with people. And if we can get it on the microphone, that's even better. But uh, this, is, this is why I got into this business, into podcasting, was to sit down with uh, fascinating, intelligent, kind, interesting people and uh, have a nice chat. And sometimes we talk about some pretty, pretty good stuff. I, you know, it's nice. Anyway, hope you have a happy Monday. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Please remember to always be kind. And until next time.